1: This episode is marked for sensitive content. Check content
0: warnings before listening. This week on The Breakup Breakdown. We've been together for 12 years. We always knew that we wanted to do a destination wedding. And I was just like so excited. We're just like gonna have the best time. And that is just like not how it went at all. The night before our wedding, he we really started to spiral. Like I can't live my life like this. We'll go through with the wedding, but I'm filing for divorce when we get back.
1: Spoiler alert, yeah, that's not where the relationship ends. Hey, it's Abby. thanks so much for tuning in. We are going through a breakup that has two weddings, two- Two sneaky phones and too much trauma. Hey, as always, if you want to jump to a specific part of the interview, I've got the time stance in the episode description. Also, if there's a couple where you're like, oh my gosh, why did they break up? I've always wanted to know, but I'm not going to DM them. I will DM them for you. Or if you want to come on and tell your own breakup story, I've got a submission form for the podcast in the episode description. Submit the breakups. What's the worst that could happen? You know, like they could actually come on the podcast. And you could actually find out what happened. Just like this episode that we are about to get into. So let's just do it. Hey, what's up? It's Abby
2: and coworker Justin. We're on
1: a roll with you coming on the pod. I know. I'm curious. After I dropped your Instagram handle, did you have anybody in your DMs?
2: I did have a few people follow me. No one in my DMs. That well, honestly, though, I, I don't check <laughs> that often. <laughs> should we check now? We should check. Wait, let's see. Okay, I do have. Oh wait, nope. Wrong, wrong, wrong account. That this account. is a different account. You're
1: obviously like very married on your account too, so I'm not very surprised married. that nobody was like coworker Justin. Like, what's well? up?
2: I have one, but it's.
1: Oh, is it? Well, what does it
2: say? <laughs> no, it's not. It's it. Fits Meals prep once uh, wasn't anybody. fake Like hey Well
1: I'm glad my I'm glad our listeners Aren't creepy And are respecting your marriage That's okay we, This well, is a relationships podcast So I'm glad that people Are like you know what Let me not We're the gonna make man. sure
2: It stays a relationships podcast Yeah
1: Perfect uh, Actually fun fact I was looking at um, I was going over some data Cause I'm kind of Getting my ducks in a row For season two I'm sure. like how did I do And thank you to everyone For the support We peaked at number 27 On the relationships chart So shout out to you For listening nice. And keeping along On this crazy journey All right, let's read this week's submission. So it says, hey, Abby, this is a couple that I knew in college. She and he had gotten together pretty early at university and stayed together, I think, for like 10 years. They got married at some point, but honestly, I kind of stopped keeping in touch with them over the years. And then all of a sudden, I saw that she got engaged a few months back and I was so confused how she got together with this guy because one, she was literally married to this other guy (laughs) and the new guy that she's engaged to lived pretty far away from her. So I was curious as to how a relationship that lasted, let's say 10 years, would end, and then how she got together with this new dude who didn't even live in the same state. What happened?
2: The whole not being in the same state makes it really hard to like create a relationship with somebody. One strong enough that maybe potentially caused you to leave your husband at that point.
1: That's what I mean. I'm yeah. like, was it some kind of business trip? And this was like a little tryst that led into finding the love be. of your life?
2: What if it's like, you know, uh, say say they lived in, I don't know, somewhere. Kansas. <laughs> sure, they lived in Kansas, and and this other dude lived 200 miles miles outside of Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had to go there for work trips and just happened to continuously see this person, you know? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's just how it how it happens. You know, when you're when you're on a business trip, you go out at night or something like that. Mm-hmm. Things can happen.
1: True love finds show when you least expect it. The last episode we had from last week, it could be a situation where if she met her husband at like, let's say, 18 mm-hmm. and then she was with him until 28. I mean, you change so much in that yeah. time that maybe it was a situation of them growing apart.
2: Could be like, uh, again, like I think the last time I was we talked about like the, the values and the beliefs and the feelings are not the same maybe he didn't want mm. kids she did so you move on you know
1: Ooh, so we're gonna have to dive into why these people broke up <laughs> and hopefully it's a good story yeah <laughs> but it better be good or we're gonna be pissed hopefully there's <laughs> some really serious trauma otherwise I'm gonna be mad <laughs> we're not gonna peak on the podcast charts again <laughs> alright let's break down this week's breakup so I've heard uh, you went through a pretty traumatic breakup and I'm ready to get to the bottom of it so why don't you take me from the beginning talk to me about okay. how you got this person and then where it all went wrong
0: okay so my ex husband and I, we met when I was 18 and he was 22. He was the roommate of a friend of mine. Um, So I knew of him for quite a while, a couple of years, but we didn't like think much of each other. One night we randomly hooked up, found out that he had a girlfriend, drama ensued. And my friend told me that she heard him tell his girlfriend he had cheated on with me. I was not his type, but I was too much. Of course he never would do anything with me. Like people were lying. That was like my first giant red flag. Obviously like I didn't listen to anyone. I was like, no, like, we have so much fun together, and we did like we had a great time like throughout our twenties. Like we did like our early twenties. We did like everything that you know I, you would want to do in a relationship in your early twenties. So things went really well for about four ish years. There were a few like little things that I wasn't super happy about. Like I didn't love the way he spoke to me sometimes. Um, he it was just kind of demeaning, and um, it made me feel bad about myself at that time. Like I didn't have boundaries. Like I didn't come from a family where we had a lot of boundaries with each other. So, So I thought like this was all normal, that that's just how people talk to each other. I was worried about being perceived as too sensitive or crazy, you know, all of those things that are within us. So I just kind of ignored it. His biological dad passed away. It was a really sad thing. His dad had a lot of addiction issues. We found out about it about six months after the fact. And I think that was the point where he really started to spiral. He started drinking every single day, every single day, like he would come home with like a case of beer and finish the case of beer um there were like several instances where he would like throw up on the neighbor's driveway or off the balcony of our house it was really easy for me to be like you know he's going through some stuff like this is normal behavior this is grief but then it just never stopped right like this this thing that he's going through it never stopped and I tried very hard to like get him to talk to somebody like go to therapy go see a psychiatrist but he wasn't open to that and I know from my own experience that you can't make somebody get help when they don't think they need it, they don't want it. So I just kind of existed in this life where I was constantly covering for him with friends and family. At this point, we had been together for like five or six years, I genuinely thought that no one else would love me because I was so crazy and depressed and anxious. So obviously, like I'd stayed with him, right? Because like, you know, we all have our things like he has his drinking and inappropriate behavior, and I have my anxiety and depression. And I, I just thought that, you know, we were meant for each other because of these things for some crazy reason. So we we ended up getting engaged in about 2014. It was really anti-climatic, I guess. Like we had been together for several years. We went and picked out an engagement ring that he liked and he like proposed to me in the car and that was it. Like that was that was the extent of, of, of our, our proposal and engagement. We started a wedding plan around that time. Um, we always knew that we wanted to do a destination wedding. We decided just to like get married, like go to the courthouse like be legally married so that he could be on my health insurance so we secretly got married like only my brother and my sister were there we were still planning like this this destination wedding with our our family in mexico we were scheduled to get married in early 2016 and in august of 2015 he had some kind of nervous breakdown um he went out to a party he was very inappropriate with many people there i was not at the party I, i i couldn't tell you why but i just i wasn't there but i started getting like these phone calls and text messages from Various people, and they're like, Hey, your ex is really out of control. Like, can you come get him? Like, what can we do? Etc. So, I think what ended up happening is I went to go pick him up, and in the car, he told me that he hated being with me, that like he couldn't stand being in the same room with me, that he didn't want to marry me. And I kind of, in that moment, like I kind of wrote it off as he's just having one of his episodes, right? Like, where he's just, he doesn't know what he's saying, he doesn't know what he's doing. He He's really messed up on drugs and alcohol and then the next morning when he had sobered up a little bit he was still saying these things so I left like I like had a panic attack I left I went to my parents house I took our dog and about a day later he called me and he was like I'm so sorry I wasn't in my right mind of course I want to marry you I love you you know like all of that stuff am I still doing okay oh my like, gosh yeah no my heart okay. my heart is literally just breaking for
1: you uh, <laughs> I, that, I mean just to take a pause in the story because you saying you thought you had to stay in the relationship because you thought nobody else would love you breaks my yeah. heart. The fact that he spoke to you that way and telling you like this is the person you think you're going to spend your forever with. Yeah. <laughs> He's just saying the most heart-wrenching thing to, things to you and it sounds like it kind of this is how it was from the beginning. So from an outside perspective, if I'm a 18, 19 year old girl in college and this guy that I've hooked up with is like, I would never be with this girl. She's not my type. I would be yeah. like, well, screw you. My curiosity from an outside standpoint, because it's obviously so much different when you're actually in this. Sure. Yeah. What were some of the reasons you wanted to, to be with him? And actually, I'm assuming he broke up with his girlfriend to then be
0: with you. Yes. One of the main reasons, and I'm trying to like, you know, it's hard, like when you're 32 to go back to your 18 year old mind. But I think I just, I genuinely thought that like no one else would love me. Like I genuinely truly believe that. And it like, I feel like I want to cry just like saying that now, like now that I'm in like such a different place in my life. But I thought that like, Hey, like this guy, he shows me love and affection and what I thought was love and affection. We did have a lot of fun together, right? Like we were friends for a while before anything ever happened between us. I don't have anything other than that. Like, right. Like in retrospect, obviously that sounds so mm. awful. I think I was just kind of living in the moment. Like I come from a very strict background. Like I moved out of my parents' house when I was 17. And so my parents were super strict with me. You know, I was just kind of experiencing life for the first time. Like I wasn't allowed to have sleepovers. I went to Catholic schools and... I was very sheltered by my parents. I think that plays into why I still chose to be in that relationship. It's like I just I didn't know. Like I didn't know what was out there and I didn't know what the world was like. I genuinely, I genuinely believe that people who drank and like did drugs was like an urban myth until I was 17 years old. Like I just I didn't think that, like I thought like they just told us that in school. Like no one would actually do that. I think there was many factors, I guess, going into this.
1: I mean, I think that just a really common experience for people to feel in general for that first time of like starting to catch feelings for someone who has those feelings for you back. When you're going through, it's like the dangerous part about first love, you know, it feels so unique and not that it's not special to an extent. This wasn't healthy, but it feels so unique and it feels like this thing that you are going through and nobody else will get it. And Um, how could I experience this with anybody else? Right, exactly. So I I think a lot of people listening are probably like nodding their head going (laughs) that situation too. So it sucks that it obviously went wrong. So let's pick up where we left off. You were in the
0: car or no, he called you up. He was like, I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't in my right mind. And obviously I went back, right? Like that stuck with me, right? Like this really stuck with me, the stuff that he said. And I feel like I blacked out like most of that situation. We get back together. We continue wedding planning, even though we're already, you know, married. So we get down to Mexico. This was our first trip. Like we had been together for a very long time, but we had never like left the country. Like we did like weekend trips, but like nothing big like this, like going to another country, like an all inclusive resort. And I was just like, so excited to like spend time with him. Like he was super busy. Like his company was like six months old at that time. And so I was just, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I'm going to have like this great time with my husband and we're going to lay on the beach and we're going to reconnect. And you know, all of this wedding crap, like is basically behind us. And we're just like going to have the best time. And that is just like, not how it went at all from the very Beginning when we get to the airport and we're traveling with like 40 people, right? Like our families and friends, and there's all these people at the airport with us. I have like this big wedding dress with me, right? Because it's our wedding. We're, we're going to our wedding. I talked to like the flight attendant before and I'm like, hey, like I know that this is a full flight. I have my wedding dress. Like, what do I do? And she was like, just get on the early boarding and we'll take care of you. So I was like, okay, great. So I say this to my ex. side note I am barely five feet tall. Okay. So like, I can't reach the overhead bins. So we get it. I go to board the plane and I'm like, Hey, come on. Like I need help. Like I need help getting this stuff up. And he's like, I'm not boarding early. And I was like, but I need help. Like I can't get all this stuff by myself. And he's like, no, look, this is super embarrassing. Like, I don't know why you're boarding early. Like it's just a stupid dress. I was just so shocked. So my mom's like, don't worry about it. Like she didn't want like anything to happen. So she's like, don't worry about it. Like I'll come with you. I'll help you. So we get on the plane and he doesn't sit by me. Like he goes and sits with his cousins. And so then I I get my period right on the plane. (laughs) This is the flight from hell. (laughs) And it's super turbulent, right? Like it was just like the flight from hell. I get to the resort and I just like my cousin's wife, who I'm very close with, they came from, they had a different flight from a different airport, whatever. So she was waiting for us in the lobby and I see her and like, I just like burst into tears as soon as I see her. And I am not a crier at all. My ex had not spoken to me from the interaction before we boarded the plane. There was, it was like an hour long bus ride after we get to Mexico. We were at the resort and he won't talk to me because I boarded the plane early with my wedding dress. Started off really poorly. And I was like, okay, it can only get better from here. And so we arrived, I think it was like a Sunday and our wedding was on Wednesday. The first day, all he did was like chain smoke at the swim up bar with his cousins and his uncles. And I was like, okay, fair. Like it's the first day. I don't need to like be with him all the time. You know, I'll just, you know, go lay on the beach and read a book. It's fine. It basically happened. My Monday and Tuesday like he did not interact with me much like he didn't check on me I would always like be going to check on him because like I truly felt responsible for his behavior when he was drinking I felt like I was the only person on this planet that could keep him in check so I just spent like that entire time being super stressed out checking on him like being his mom essentially so that he didn't do anything to our friends and family the night before our wedding I was like this is really important to me please like can we just have like a quiet dinner in our room get a bottle of champagne and just like hang out together and watch the ocean. He was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine, great. And so at one point, like I go back to our room to get ready for dinner and he just doesn't come back. And like, I'm texting him. I'm texting some of the people in our group. No one knows where he is. He comes back to our room at like two o'clock in the morning and like, we're supposed to have a wedding at 11 o'clock the next day. He is really drunk, maybe high. Like, I don't know. We get into a fight and I was like, I'm done. Like, this is not how I want to live my life. This is super disappointing to me. I was really looking forward to this and I'm not doing this with you anymore. Like I can't live my life like this. And I told him that we'll go through with the wedding, but I'm filing for a divorce when we get back home. I And again, like, I feel like I like blacked out. Like I I don't really remember like what we we were saying to each other. All I remember is like the next morning we woke up and we just pretended like nothing happened. And we literally never spoke of that again. That's crazy. So we get married, everything's great. The trip continues. Like it's the same stuff that was happening in the first few days of the trip where he essentially ignores me, you know, gets drunk all day, every day. So we go back home and like life continues. He is still operating his new newly founded company. I thought things were going okay. It was like just the status quo. Like I thought everything was fine. I started coming home from work and it was very clear to me that he did not do anything that day. Like he didn't leave. And this is my codependency, right? Like I never asked him about it because like I was always walking in eggshells, right? Like I never knew what would cause him to lash out so I just didn't like I didn't ask him any questions finally I started asking like a few questions I, I was like hey like what jobs do you have going like what's exciting are you building any new houses soon like because that was something he did in the early days is like like would build these beautiful houses and it was so cool that he would like take me to the sites and I could see him and all of that just kind of stopped and he would just give me like when I'd ask him about the jobs he was working on he would just give me like just like bullshit answers just like oh yeah like we have a couple things and on the burner and everything will be fine and this is awful like what I'm about to tell you people like that are listening check your finances have access to your bank accounts like check your credit cards he was essentially like not working and putting everything on a credit card we had tens and tens of thousands of dollars of debt that I didn't know about he was opening credit cards in my name and maxing them out and then not paying them and so this had been going on for years like I didn't find like this Part out until like after we separated. And what is he spending this money on? Is this for his business? Honestly, like no, I don't know. But he, I, I don't know. Like in that to this day, like I wish, like I could be like, yeah, like he bought a lot of clothes or like he loves shoes. But it's like a big Nike stand. Yeah, like I cannot tell you what he spent that money on. Like I have guesses, but like if you had, guess, if you had to guess, what would you say? Drugs, yeah, and cigarettes and alcohol. Crap at the gas station. Like I don't know. Like he's Wawa's number one supporter. <laughs> right? Yeah. But in Wisconsin, it's Quick Trip. I don't know if you know about the cult of Quick Trip, but it's it's amazing. I started to like ask some questions. I realized things probably aren't going well. So I just started encouraging him. I'm like, you know what? Like you've been doing this for four years now. Like I don't feel like you're happy. Like I feel like you're really depressed and maybe this isn't for you. Like maybe you should like go work for somebody again. Because I feel like even though you had a boss, that like, you were happier. Um. So we had that conversation like a couple of times. He was finally like, okay, like I'm going to like start looking for a job. Mm-hmm so he ended up getting a job in early 2019 and it seemed to be like really good for him he was like getting up every day he was going to work he was making friends at work it seemed and so it was fine like right like things are getting better he still was drinking just as much but at least he was going to work that's how low my bar was you know like this is going great like he's going to work every day like what was wrong with me Like I don't know what a man (laughs) like what a man goes to work um no but so I thought we're okay with us like I thought like you know like they weren't great but like we we been together for 12 years. There was ebbs and flows. And sometimes I felt like our relationship was really great. And sometimes it wasn't really great, but I would never have characterized it as bad. So this is the part of the story where this coworker comes in and I am going to call her Danny. So the first time I hear Danny's name mentioned, and it was just really weird. Like I remember this moment so vividly. And he was talking about like him and his coworkers went out for drinks. And he mentioned like all these other people that I knew and I had met and then he mentioned oh and then you know like Danny was there I'm like who's Danny like I've never heard you I've never seen this person I've never heard of this person and he was like oh god like you would hate her like you would absolutely hate her like she is she has like the worst makeup and she's just so much and you know like her clothes are like just like talking about her and like I just I was like this is so weird like why is he saying this stuff so I just kind of put it in the back of my mind like I just filed it away as I do Danny started getting mentioned like much More frequently at this job that he had, he had two phones because he had an all on-call schedule. And so several weeks after that incident, I noticed him texting a ton, and like he, like I couldn't even get him to call me back. He would go an entire day without calling me or texting me. So at one point, I did go and look at his phone, and I'm not proud of that, but I saw that he was texting Danny, and I just kind of again, like I filed it away. I I didn't see anything like super inappropriate. I brought it up, and I was like, hey. texting? And he was like, Oh, Danny. And I was like, that actually makes me like really uncomfortable. Could you not? And he was like, yeah, he just starts texting around his work phone is, is what I, I I eventually find out. Mm-hmm. I checked his personal home. Cause like, why would I check his work phone? Like that's beyond crazy. So I didn't see Danny's name for a while. And I was like, Oh yeah, like everything's fine. During that time where I'm thinking everything's fine. I start finding out about all the credit cards that are in my name that are defaulted and closed because a payment has never been made. Like, I think there was like $35,000 of debt that I didn't know that I had oh my gosh this really sucks but I was like trying to be like very level-headed about it I was like okay well here's the good news right like you know we make decent money together why don't we just use my paycheck to just pay off this bill, like pay off this debt because we could pay it off in like six months if we really tighten up do what we need to do and then this can all be behind us and he was like okay great and I was like but that means like we need to stay home more like you need to stay home more we need to cut back on every Thing. and he's like I'm not doing that like just straight up he's like I'm not doing that I only get happiness from going out with my friends I remember just very clearly like he went on a hunting trip in October of 2019 what at the time felt like a very intrusive thought popped into my head mm-hmm. I was like I could do this alone like I don't need him and I was like where the hell did that come from i like in that moment I was like no like I don't want to do this alone like why would I be alone like that was a really dumb thought brain like, I, like. so he's on this week-long hunting trip he would not text me that. I was like, "Hey, like I'm super anxious, like my anxiety is so high. I had just started a new job and it wasn't going well. My anxiety was through the roof." And I'm like, "Hey, like I'm having a bad day. Can you please call me or like can you please text me back?" Nothing. Nothing. When he comes home, I was like, "What the hell? Why are you ignoring me?" And he basically said he was like, "I was just disconnected." Okay, great, but like you don't get that luxury. Like that's a luxury you don't have. Like you have a wife. I'm your wife. I need you right now. Like I am going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm sorry you're going through some stuff, but like so am I. And like left the room. So I went through his work phone. And of course, Danny, like Danny, 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 Danny. All over his phone, like throughout his entire trip, like calling, texting, FaceTiming, all of that. My stomach was on the floor. In my mind, I was like, what what do I do? So I'm like reading the text messages. I wasn't happy about the content of the text messages. There was nothing there that I could be like, you're cheating on me. You know, this is really messed up. Like in my mind, Mind. like I, I didn't see anything mm-hmm. that I could confront him about with the exception of well we're about to get divorced like he said this to her and I'm like this is news to me of course we're not getting divorced we're gonna be together forever because we're perfect for each other and you can't live without me so I didn't ha- I didn't do anything he ignores me for a week when I'm having a panic attack okay this I'm just gonna pretend this never happened like I never went through his phone I didn't see that all this stuff things are just not great right. he went out one night and the next day I woke up he was on cocaine. Like is where I'm going with this story. Like he was on cocaine, like doing crazy stuff. And I told him, I'm like, I can't, I can't be around you when you're like this. Like I need you to like get some help. Like I can't do this. And he was like, okay, like, that's fine. Like I'll go get help. I'll go get help right now. Like I'll go to the hospital right now. Like he was just like off the wall manic. So I went to my parents' house and didn't tell them what was going on. Basically went back home a few days later, like and pretended like nothing happened. So like Christmas comes and goes. And he was just absent is like the best way I can describe it. Like he was there, he was doing everything, but like something was very off. So the next weekend, I, I don't really remember like the, the timeline, but, but this is like the important part, a bunch of friends, like my siblings, their friends, um, like we're all super close and super close in age. So that's not unusual for like all of us and our friends to go out. Um, They decided that they want to go and watch a football game at a bar right by our house. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to stay home. Like I have a lot going on with work. I just, I'm going to stay, I'm going to sit this one out. And so my sister and brother came and picked him up at like 11 o'clock and they were going to go to this bar to watch the game and then come back after. And I didn't really hear from anyone during the game. And it was very strange, but I kind of wrote it off. Like I was working, I was doing stuff. And then like around four o'clock, I, FaceTime my sister and I'm like hey like where are you guys like what, what's going on like I thought you'd be back by now and she said well like we're we're at this restaurant we're trying to like sober your ex up a little bit he's really really intoxicated and he's saying that he doesn't want to come home and I was like oh god like here we go like do you want me to come get him like what can I do to like help this situation because I felt responsible because I wasn't there like and now he's like being himself and I wasn't there to stop it and now everything's coming crashing down and she's like no do not come. We'll take care of it. This is like at four o'clock. So at like six o'clock, my brother Facetimes me, and he was like, "Hey, uh, we're going to the casino." He still doesn't want to come home, so we're just gonna like see how this plays out. I'll, I'll I'll keep you posted. Essentially, was was the message. At this point, after my brother calls, I call his mom, and I'm like crying, and I'm like, "I don't know what to do with him. Like, please, like, can you talk to him? Can we get him some help? We know that this is more than what we're playing it off as." And she was very upset, and she was like call me in the morning and we'll figure this out so at some point like I go to bed like it's 10 o'clock at night like he hasn't like my ex had not texted me called me responded like nothing the entire day since he left I go to bed and at some point like I know that he came home he didn't come into like our bedroom but like I heard him in the house like early that morning so when I get up for work he's already gone and he hadn't said anything to me like he hadn't texted back and like nothing there was no communication so obviously like I'm upset right like I I feel like all this substance, all these substance issues are, are coming to a head and he's just going radio silent again. And I wasn't really sure what to do. So I talked to a friend and they were like, you need to put your foot down. Like enough is enough. You need to tell him that he needs to go to treatment or you're done. And I was like, okay, yeah, I can do that. So I texted him and I was like, I know you're reading my messages. You need treatment. And I listed off like some places in our area that like he could walk into and get some counseling or some, help and he told me and I wish like I wish I wouldn't have like rage deleted our text messages in retrospect but like it was just toxic for me to like keep looking at him but he you know he texted me back and he was like actually um, I'm not ever coming home like I want a divorce being with you is like having a noose around my neck you know like I want to kill myself talking about his struggles and telling me like what a horrible person I am and how I'm just toxic to him and he just doesn't want to be with me anymore. That was pretty much it. I've never to this day, I have not seen him in person. We communicated quite a bit like during this period. And this happened like before New Year's Eve of 2019. So between Christmas and New Year's of of 2019. So obviously like we know what's going to about to happen, right? Like the world is going to (laughs) end. So In more um, ways than one, clearly. Right, 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 right. Um, We did communicate because we did have a dog together. We did communicate about the dog, but we never had actually seen each other. There would be periods. Periods of time where he would just like go off on me, like he would like rage text me, like he would say that like, I'm a manipulative c- and and then like he would say like stuff like that to me, and then like the next day he'd be like, hey, do you want to hook up? Like like he hadn't called me a manipulative. C- like 12 hours before in a text message. But yeah, so like there was a period of time I was like, we're not doing this. Like I'm done. Like I, like something in me broke when he texted me that he wanted a divorce where I was like, yeah, obviously I was, I was really upset. I was really sad, but I was like, there's, this is it. Like I'm not taking him back. And I didn't let me like go back to like Danny real quick though. I never confronted him about Danny. He denied to everybody in his life that he cheated on me, that there was no other woman. There was nothing but, but he's dating Danny publicly, like it has been since like May of 2020. So so
1: he's never at any point come out and been like, yeah, I was with this chick.
0: Yeah, no, like to anyone, like not his parents, not his family, not our friends. Like he has never come out and said that. And we've had him and I like during these rage texts, I guess I did confront him after the fact. I'm like, I know you're I know you're with her. Like, I I know you're living with her. And he would deny it. And It was just it was the dumbest fight I've ever been in because it's like you live with a, this woman and her children how can you deny that you're with her like what like this doesn't make any sense my knowledge they're still together to this day which is fine Uh, good for them I guess I just think it's interesting like his pattern right like he literally did the same thing to me Mm -hmm. like when we started dating to his ex-girlfriend like he's this is his thing right I ended up I was like aggressively swiping on dating apps like because like I had never like I had never been single in my adult life so I was like getting out there and then like the (laughs) world shuts down (laughs) you know like like the world shuts down and i need to like figure this out. Mm-hmm. So i started going to therapy, like i started seeing somebody remotely and it was wonderful and it is wonderful. i'm still seeing her to this day. But what i learned was that it was a very like textbook codependent relationship. There's just a lot of stuff that wasn't okay and wasn't normal and it's okay that i didn't know that. Like i i know it now, but it's hard for me to like look back and be kind to myself for not knowing that stuff because you know hindsight's 2020 20. i just thought that all husbands called their wives like a stupid I truly thought that that was normal. I mean, when you're stuck in it, it's
1: easy to look back and be like, "How could you not know that this is not okay?" Especially if you're in a better situation now, right. because I think some of the hardest parts about leaving is you have to accept the fact that there is going to be a period of time where you're going to be alone. Yeah. and being alone sucks it's when crazy.
0: there's no end in sight. Yes, it is. It is so scary. And then, like you know, like let's add a pan a global pandemic into the mix, and you're forced to just be by yourself. Right. Period. You can't go anywhere. You, you can't. Right. Like a fun trip to distract yourself. It's right. maybe well, you're and, not. <laughs> you're- and like, so, and I work in an industry that was very affected by the pandemic. So like, not only am I like going through this horrible breakup and divorce, but then like my entire company, like I was like one of the very few lucky ones that got to keep my job. Like we let go of, like 500 people, you know, so, like in one day, it, it was just, it was a really insane time. So I went to therapy. I have a great therapist and she taught me like a lot about, being codependent and what that means. And so just like real quick, like just like for anyone who is listening to this, the people pleasing, like the lack of boundaries, the poor self-esteem, the feeling like you need to take care of everyone and say yes to everything. Those are signs of codependency. And if you feel like you fit any of those boundaries, those things look into the codependency because I didn't even know it was a thing. Like that, that was just like a word that therapists used, right? Like I didn't know what it meant. And I think that if I knew what it meant long ago, most of this stuff wouldn't have happened. Did your therapist Um, at any
1: point tell you why
0: she thinks that you were prone to codependency? Yeah, so I just I have a ton of trauma in my life, right? Like throughout my entire life, you know, my parents don't have like the best relationship. There was a lot of abuse in my life, like not from my parents, but like just in my life, there was a ton of abuse. And like my parents, like they also came from really messed up situations. Like my mom was one of nine and five of her siblings died as children. So there's from like illnesses or what? Yeah, yeah, cystic fibrosis. Both of my parents have all this trauma, right? That they've never worked through. And I know that they did the best that they could, but like they didn't have those resources either. So I'm trying very hard to like break this cycle of trauma and not talking about things and, you know, talking about going to therapy and getting help. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's the only way any of us are going to get better is if we, you know, like really confront these hard things. Well, I know you're in a better situation now. So do you want to talk about it? I am currently engaged to my fiance. We've been together. We got together in June of 2020. It was really a weird story. Like, I don't know. Should I tell it? Wait, June of
1: 2020? Yes. And your divorce happened in January of 2020? Yes. Um, yeah, my divorce. You're telling
0: the story. Yeah. So, yeah. So, like, I was getting out there. Like, I was, like I said, I, got, I was aggressively swiping on, on apps. So, I was, like, getting out there and I had been, like, kind of seeing somebody for about a month. This is, like, a different crazy story but, like, he left me for my, his ex-wife like he went back to his ex-wife after dating me for a month that was weird but like I was like ready I was like you know what I'm gonna like stop swiping for a while like I'm just gonna like you know take some time to do me and get my life back together so I went my family has you know a lake house or cabin in a remote part of the state and I was like okay great like I'm gonna go with some friends like for the weekend we're gonna have some drinks and just relax I was like hey like let me just see like what's going on on the apps up here because there's like nobody for like. 20 miles I matched with my fiance and I was like kind of looking at his profile like before I messaged him because it was on Bumble so like I had to message him and I was like kind of back and forth about it because he lived in a major city It was a, it's a driving distance from where I was living but I mean it was a, a trip right I'm like do I really want to get involved like in a long distance kind of thing mm-hmm. and my friends are like you are nuts it's a dating app like you don't like what's the worst that can happen like you flirt with this guy tonight while we're having wine and never talk to him Again, like that's literally the worst thing that can happen. So I was like, all right, fine. So like I messaged him, and we've literally been together ever since. Like we we met each other, like we met halfway between our homes, and I moved in. That was in June. Like we met outside at a park and we like talked for like four and a half hours. Then he was my boyfriend, and then I moved in with him. Like I moved to a new city, a new state uh in December of 2020. And he is wonderful. Like he is like a golden retriever of a human being in the best possible way he is so kind and so loving and he is so respectful and i think like that actually like triggered me a lot right like when we first got together and i had to do a lot of work i didn't think he was being genuine i'm like why would you say that to me like because like i just was never complimented he just would always like be touching me and like holding my hand and wanting to give me a kiss and i didn't know that's what a relationship is supposed to be right like i didn't know that i could be like hey like do you mind like using a coaster like when you're drinking something on my coffee table. Like, could you use a coaster? Like, and you'd be like, yeah, sure. Like, I thought you were supposed to fight about that. Like, I thought like an interaction like that was supposed to end in like (laughs) someone screaming
1: Is that just all I knew? Well, I'm sure it probably felt wrong. I mean, were were there parts of you where you're like,
0: ooh, stop touching me? Did you? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why are you touching me? Like, and and I still like, there's a part of my brain that's like not quite rewired yet. Sometimes like I find myself panicking, you know, when he has a single beer because like in my mind, he's actually going to have 24 beers and then he's going to say some horrifically abusive Me, you know, and then I'm just going to be very upset for a very long time. But like, that's literally never happened. He can't even say like the word in like a normal tone. Like, he's always like, if he has to use that word, he's like, (laughs) like real real quietly (laughs) my friends say that like they've never seen someone do like such a 180 in relationship they are just night and day i appreciate him so much more like not that i wouldn't have appreciated him had i not gone through what i went through Mm -hmm. but i think i just like i have such love and admiration for him because of like the kind of person he is and the way he treats me and now like i i'm still like struggling with like accepting it and truly feeling like i deserve it Mm -hmm. and i don't know that I'll ever get to that point like obviously I hope so like I go to therapy like three times a week I would hope at some point all of this therapy is going to get me there but I'm definitely closer than it was before so I guess that's that's good I think it was actually an influencer that I follow she was like yeah
1: like I, I've had so many bad boyfriends that I don't know that I would have dated this guy had I not had those experiences exactly which I find so interesting because like I'm like do I have to date 10 guys before I find Yeah, them? right do I have to have trauma before is that a prerequisite <laughs> literally but I- I think it's so awesome that you're able to appreciate it. And it, it, you know, it obviously sucks that you're working through 12 years of literal yeah. I want to talk more about how you got engaged so quickly. I mean, what was it about him that you were like, yeah, let's do this marriage thing again, even though I just, you got know, out I, of I hate it. to like,
0: I, okay. Side note, I thought people were making this up when they would say this, like prior to this relationship, I'm like, there is no way that everyone, like anyone is, is like this, but like, I just knew if three year ago, me would have heard me just say that, like, I would have slapped myself. I just knew. And I think I left my first, our first date and I texted my friend and I was like, I am going to marry fiance from city. Cause you know, like when you're swiping aggressively, like they all have nicknames as like, I think I'm going to marry him. And they're like, okay, sure. Sure. You are. You were on one date. And I'm like, no, but really like I'm going to marry
1: him. I totally believe it. And I have talked about this on my social media before. Yeah. It's the reason why I'm single. It's because I'll go out on a date and I was like, you know what? I didn't know. But so just describe that feeling for maybe, people who haven't experienced that like when you say you just knew what about that date made you feel that way
0: so we like our first date was like four hours we just everything clicked there was no awkward silences he made me feel like a great person like without even trying like he's the kind of person that makes people feel good about themselves by just being himself and I know that that's like very an abstract thing to think about but I just the way I felt around him like I felt heard I felt I felt seen for like the first time in my life. I knew, and I think in my brain, I was like, I don't want to ever be without this. Oh. Like, I don't want to live, if this is what it's supposed to be, if like, this is what it's all about. I, this, I don't want to live without this person in my life. Or not like live, but you know what I mean? Like, I just, I knew deep inside that I could not be without him. You got engaged so
1: quickly. Like, yeah. he obviously felt the exact same way. Yeah. Talk to me about like, did he just go out and buy a
0: ring or did he sit you down and go, let's get married? Yeah, so I think like, we started talking about it pretty early early on like well obviously like we moved in together pretty quickly but it was also a several hour drive between mm. us so it, it made sense and I can work remote some of the time so just it, it, it worked but I, I want to say in like March of 21 he was like well like like what kind of rings do you like I was like what like what are you really asking me this right now and he was like yeah like I just you know I want to save money like I want a ballpark like I you know like I want you to make sure it's something that you like one thing I did tell him is that even though my ex-husband and I picked out the Ring together. I hated it, and the only reason I picked it was because it was the only one that he seemed excited about. Let's just like let that sink in for a quick sec. I picked out my first engagement ring because I thought he liked it, not because I liked it. I thought it was hideous. Um, that was kind of it. Like we would like joke about it, you know, like getting married and getting getting engaged, and we're at that age where like a lot of our people are, you know, either getting married the first or second time. Um, so he proposed to me at a very special place to us. It's a place that we frequently go to. Just have some quiet time and enjoy nature. We went there one Saturday morning and he asked me to marry him. And obviously, I said yes. Um, he called my parents before. Like, that's something that like meant a lot to me. Um, even though like I'm a strong, independent woman, like I I thought that was very sweet that he took the time to call them and make sure that he had their blessing. And I guess like now we're planning a wedding, like a whole wedding. It's crazy.
1: Let me see the ring.
0: I want to. Oh, magic, yeah. it, uh, Can you see it? Oh my gosh. It's a rock. Yeah. Oh it's, my gosh. What shape is it? I can't tell on the- It's a, it's the a round. I'll send you, I can send you a picture.
1: So classic. Um, well, I'm just like, I just like love looking at people's rings, especially because I could tell yours was sparkly. I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, I just genuinely didn't know that, like this was what, what a relationship should be. And I think the one thing that I wish somebody would have asked me what, is that are you? when I was with my ex, are you okay with who this person is right in this moment? You have to take everything into consideration. Like, are you okay with living where you're living forever? Are you okay with making the same amount of money. If nothing in your life would change, would you still want to be with that person forever? And I think if someone would have had me think about that question prior to getting married the first time, I would have had a different outcome. I wasn't okay with the way he treated me, and I was. And even though I thought it was normal, I, I, I deep down I wasn't okay with it. and I wasn't okay with him barely doing anything to support—not me, but like support us financially. Like you have to take all of these things into consideration. And just because you had fun with somebody like one time or many times, even I. I guess. Like just because you used to have like fun with this person, like the, it, it doesn't mean that it's supposed to be forever, I guess.
1: You have three months of fun with a dude who you're attracted yeah. to. Like this is forever. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing to say. Cause I know, especially women, you know, like you that I can tell that are just ambitious and have a lot going yeah. for them in their lives. You see what you want your life to look like and you yeah. make it happen. And so we kind of impose that on the men that we're dating mm-hmm. sometimes as we can see where, what it could be. Exactly. Especially if there are experiences you've already had that you yeah. It's like, well, it could
0: be it could be so great. If you just get there, but it's so like falling in love with potential is the worst. Don't don't fall in love with potential because just because it's there, it's doesn't mean it's going to be used. And my ex has a ton of potential. Like I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah. We like, he basically like ghosted me and broke up with me via text message after 12 years. But like at the end of the day, like I want what's best for him. He has a ton of potential and you know, I can't force him to use it. That's his loss. Yeah. That's his loss. Yeah. So do
1: you have any final words of wisdom or just any last things you want to tell people that are listening to your
0: story? Maybe relate to it. Any advice you want to give? Well, I think the main thing that I would want listeners to take away from this is that question. Like, are you okay with this person as they are right now? It's, a, and it's okay to not be okay with it. Like that's, a, that's valid. And I also want people to know that who come from very traumatic backgrounds that trauma isn't normal. Treating people poorly isn't normal. Name calling is not normal just because somebody isn't physical with you. It doesn't mean that it's not abusive. Exactly.
1: That's the perfect way to put it. It does. It take a beating to no, feel a beating. Right, exactly.
0: And I didn't know that. And now I do. And I hope some listeners do too now. Well, thank you so
1: much for coming on and sharing your story. Being so oh, brave. It's so vulnerable. I know somebody's going to take something great away from your story. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you liked it, we would love it if you left us a five-star review. Also, if you've been following a couple and you think they broke up and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to know what happened. Even if you're like a little bit hesitant, you don't have to give me their usernames. Just submit it in the submission form in the episode description and I'll reach out and have a little chat about it and we can go from there. The trailer for next week's episode is up now. And This week's mini episode is going to be with Kennedy, I think. I haven't texted her about it yet, but there's been a lot going down in our love lives that I thought would be fun to hash out. So I think we're going to have a little catch up on Thursday. So yeah, I'll see you whenever you decide to tune in next.